Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 247 and we're talking about an Indie Rail adventure. That's right. In the uh, near future, the near, near future, we'll be taking off on another big trip after spending almost or over four months here in Akarunia. Yeah, we're really getting to the end of our time and we're feeling quite sad about it. Well, I'm feeling sad about it. Craig's feeling excited about the future. I am also feeling excited about the future, but twinged with a bit of sadness. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this week has been uh, as busy as always, I guess. August really seems to be the time when Akarunya puts on a show. And also because we're getting to the end of our time, we've been holed up inside working very hard for the week. But when we have escaped, we've had lots of fun. Yeah, I guess uh, this week kind of started off with a war. Yeah, a war memorial war, which is how my student explained it when she was trying to explain to me what was going to be happening that evening when I saw her on Tuesday. She said, well, there's a war. And I said, oh, like a war memorial. She said, yes, like a war, a war memorial war. She then proceeded to explain that it was a, a naval battle reenactment done with fireworks, and that made a lot more, lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty impressive, even though apparently it was kind of a little bit toned down because of the uh, current <laughs> economic crisis. It was still 30 minutes of non-stop uh, explosions and fireworks. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. From our vantage point on the beach, we could see both sides of the, uh, of the battle, which took place on you know, both sides of the bay. Mostly from one side, but the other side occasionally responded. So maybe it was an uneven battle. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to figure out uh, whether all the explosions on one side meant they were getting the snot bombed out of them, <laughs> or if that was meant to represent them firing on the opposition. And it was really, really unclear, uh, especially <laughs> since they moved it from the historic site of the battle, which was obviously between ships and the port, around to the other side of the beach. So it was completely confusing, but a great Very show. Very spectacular, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, we also managed to see a little bit of the folklore shows that are going on. We saw this on Sunday afternoon. It finishes up today, so we might go out this evening to see the, the closing ceremony. Mm, not fun. if this uh, grey sky proves itself with rain. No, it wouldn't be but, that nice. Uh, yeah, it was great. There was a group from Venezuela, another one from Siberia, um, and another local group, and one that I think might have been Portuguese. I'm not sure. I think there were only three groups, Craig. You're oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, it was really fascinating. You took some video, eh? You'll be yeah, yeah. I'm making a video about what it's like to be in Akarunia in August. In other words, awesome. <laughs> Excellent. And we also managed to go caving down at a place which I think is called uh, Monodeño? No. Monodeño? No, 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 no. No. I don't know. We don't know. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Um, it's in Galicia, but it was down in Lugo, about a two to three hour drive away. And we stopped in town for a coffee and followed our guide uh, in the car about 10 minutes out to the caves. And they're these amazing, huge caves, uh, about five stories deep. But we uh, obviously didn't explore all of it. It would take days. But we did get to spend about an hour and a half uh, climbing around through the mud, uh, through the kind of the, the still-forming rock, and uh, also got to rappel down a really steep... And slippery. Really slippery, really long uh, precipice. Yeah, some of us rappelled and some well, of us went down on our butts. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but it was amazing. It was good fun just being able to clamber through rocks and things with 20, 30 meter drops um, without much safety equipment at all. Yeah, it was fun. We did have helmets and we had disposable overalls, which made us look really, really hot. <laughs> when you see the photos, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Gorgeous. It was in uh, Mondoniedo. Mondoniedo. There yeah, we go. Found the, found the brochure. Excellent. Uh, and we're also going to be on the radio, not the podcasting radio, but the real BBC uh, radio, BBC Radio 5, uh, next Monday around 2 o'clock um, UK time. They're going to be doing a special on travel, which goes from 1 o'clock until 4 o'clock in Is the afternoon. Is it on travel? I thought it was on podcasts. No, it's on travel, I think. And... Uh, then we're going to be a part of it probably around 2 o'clock or before 3 o'clock, somewhere in that slot. So, yeah, we've, we've done quite a lot this week. It's been good. It's been busy. But uh, in this podcast, we want to focus on what's coming up and how you can help. Yeah, so at the end of next week, we are leaving Acarunia, and we're going to be walking the Camino Inglés, which goes to Santiago, of course, and then coming back to pick up our stuff and leaving for good. Which is quite sad, quite sad. And by good, you mean Portugal. So over the next three months, <laughs> we're going to be in uh, Spain and Portugal, then going up to Germany, Austria, the Czech Republic, then uh, dropping from there down into Croatia and Slovenia, over to Italy, and uh, through France back to Spain again. And in the meantime, we'll see the, uh, the little guys, Andorra, Monaco, and San Marino. Yeah, so it's going to be great. It's a big itinerary, and uh, because of that, we need your help. So this is where the whole Indie Rail idea kicks in. Yeah, see, what we've done is we've taken the word Indie Travel Podcast and the idea of traveling by train, rail, and we've put them together into one idea, which is Indie Rail. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, I thought. <laughs> yeah, you're so anyway. <laughs> Wasn't my idea. <laughs> no, no one else picked up on that. <laughs> anyway, so our adventure is called Indie Rail, and if you visit indietravelpodcast.com slash Indie Rail, you'll see our rough itinerary. You know us, we're not very good at keeping to itineraries. <laughs> but we've got a basic idea. The plan is to start off in Porto, where we have been before, but uh, extremely briefly. I think we spent, what, 12 hours there? Most of it sleeping? Yeah, about 12 hours. was arrive in the afternoon, have a wander around, get up at four or five in the morning, get out to the airport and get on a flight. And it wasn't helped by the fact that we uh, had to go around some of the port shops and, <laughs> and, to go. and check out some of the, the wine and, and buy a couple of bottles. So I don't really remember much. I remember very cheap coffee. I yeah, remember it was amazing. It was 90 cents, 90 euro cents a yeah. cup. And uh, it's still that cheap. That would be awesome. <laughs> This was 2008 we were last there, yeah. eh? So Now, the reason we were only there for such a short time is because we'd walked the Camino de Santiago, arrived in Santiago, didn't want to stop, and kept going until we got to Finisterre. And that just cut into the time that we had in Portugal because we had the flights out. And, uh, yeah, it just left us with no time at all. Yeah, so we want to do it a little bit differently this time. We're going to spend, well, spend more time <laughs> around three weeks in Portugal all up. Is it really that much? Uh, yeah, it really is. Gosh. <laughs> we'll be arriving in early September and, uh, yeah, spending about a week in Porto. We are going to be going to a, a travel conference there called TBU. So if you're going to that, make sure you come by and say good day. And uh, then apart from that, we've got uh, a two-day trip that is planned as part of the conference to get out and see some of the surrounding countryside. But we're still going to have a lot of time in Porto, and so tell us we, what we need think. your help. Yeah, tell us what you think we should do. Next up is Lisbon. 
And we have got some advice from Lisbon already. We're planning on doing a day tour with Urban Adventures. And uh, Griffin Stewart says we should check out the Expo 98 area and the Oriental Station, some cool architecture and design. Yeah, now I know the the expos that, that Spain does. I mean, I guess the, the most famous one's the one in Valencia with the big kind of modernist um, eye and things like City that. City of Arts and Sciences. Yeah. Um, but this one's back from uh, from 1998, and apart from that, I know nothing about it. Well, I'll have to go and find out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Julian Rappold kicked in with uh, the idea of going to see Belém. He said, try the best and delicious pasties de nata mm. in Belém. Um, and I like good food. Yeah, and also there's cool trams to ride. Should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of that. Um Apparently we can just jump on a tram from the city centre and there's also a monastery out there and uh, the the Tower of Belém. So it should be good. Sounds good. And then Gary Rostrum says we should visit the Parque de las Nassaus area. I'm still not quite keen on the uh, the Portuguese pronunciation. Portuguese, yeah, I know. We need to get that sorted. I saw that uh, World Nomads, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash World Nomads, have a Portuguese kind of phrasebook, audio guide, podcasty thing. So I think we're going to have to download that and have a listen and get our ear in before we hit Porto. Yeah, we did learn a bit of Portuguese when we were in Brazil, but I think revising that will be uh, unhelpful. unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> so all I remember is tudo bem? Tudo bom. It's so much fun. <laughs> Uh, so Gary recommends the park, uh, lots of art, nice waterside setting, and also recommends the uh, metro stations on the red line, saying they're like modern art galleries in their own right. So that sounds like a good way to get around and see some stuff on the cheap, jump on the underground and uh, and see what we see. And Heels and Wheels and Garrett both say that we should visit Sintra, which is a castle in the sky, which sounds pretty cool. I've not heard of it, so... <laughs> Seems yeah. to be evoking wonderful, wonderful ideas. Yeah, so Sintra sounds awesome. And uh, it's been recommended that we see some Fado, which is, um, from what I understand, like a folkloric dance and music tradition. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to check that out. And then we'll be off to Faro. We have absolutely no idea about it, so please get in touch with us on the IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail page and tell us what we should do there. All we know is that it's in the south of Portugal, yeah. and that's where we're catching our flight to, uh, to Germany. Yeah, so next location is uh, Dusseldorf in Germany. Uh, that was our best flight option, leaving from Faro. Um, and so we'll get up there. And it's not really a big stop on the German itinerary for no. a lot of people. However, Griffin has just been there, our mates who lived across the hall from us for, what, a month. And uh, they were just there yesterday, they said. And they, uh, they said we should check out the area in and around the Rheinturm where there are lots of cool and fun buildings. It's a nice place to walk around and enjoy the day. Yeah, and uh, so that's all good. When I was reading up about Dusseldorf, because, you know, we kind of look at flights and go, oh, we can go there cheaply. That'll, that'll be good. Now, <laughs> where is it and what's it like is, is the next stage. And apparently there's lots of amazing architecture that was rebuilt after World War Two, and lots of... Uh, modern public art, lots of sculpture and mm. things like that. So uh, it's also the home of Kraftwerk, oh, the yeah. uh, famous German band. So <laughs> Great. that's kind of scary, mm. but <laughs> we'll see if we can avoid going to a uh, to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll also hopefully be able to meet up with my language exchange partner, Andreas, who lives around there. Hmm. So maybe on the way to Berlin, which is our next stop. Yes. Uh, last time we visited Berlin, we really fell in love with it. We, we were there for Berlin. about a week, and <sighs> it was one of these cities where I just went, yep, that fits. We, yeah. can, we can go there. And so really looking forward to going back, uh, meeting up with some of our friends who live there, and uh, just heading around and seeing what there is to see. Well, Griffin was recently there, and he says he highly recommends the free walking tour, although a tip is appreciated. Now, last time we were in Berlin, we joined the, uh, the free walking tour, and it was so bad we dropped out after about 10 minutes. It wasn't I bad. It was just there were so many people. Yeah. There were, it was really a pack of people. Oh, I mean, there was like 100 people. Yeah. It was enormous. Yeah, I was thinking about 70 or 80, so somewhere in that it would not be far off. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, such a big group, everyone kind of moving slowly, trying to get close to the guide to hear what she was saying. And, um, you know, it must be hard not having number caps on these things, and you do what you can. But we dropped out after about 20 minutes mm -hmm. and just kind of went, you know what? Yeah. Maybe this time we'll try the Spanish one. Apparently it's a small group. Ah, uh -huh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. And uh, we're also going to be doing a trip there with Urban Adventures. So we'll see what that covers. And, uh, well, there's a couple of options, actually. So we'll try and choose uh, choose one of the, the more interesting ones and then just, yeah, see what happens. Heels and Wheels says that um, we should definitely visit Tachelles, which is an abandoned... <laughs> I think it's Tachelles in German. Tachelles. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm reading in Spanish again. You're reading in Spanish again. Um, Tachelles is a, is a mall that was abandoned in the 50s and has been turned into kind of an artist's commune exhibition space. And, uh, yeah, I heard about it the last time we were there, uh, but we didn't have a chance to go, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Now, Germany is where we are going to start using our URL pass. And just as we've been recording, we've actually had to, to stop the recording and go and answer the door and sign for a FedEx courier, which has just arrived from acprail.com. Uh, they've uh, been kind enough to sponsor us for our URL passes, which I'm holding in my hand right now. We just got them. It's so exciting. Here, you can, you can hear the pass being opened. That was you not opening it very well. There you go. <laughs> that was quite uncoordinated. Um, but we've got our very pretty URL passes, and these are going to be valid for 15 days of travel over two months. So we've got a, a couple of different plans uh, in place on, on how to use them, mm -hmm. I guess. But we're definitely going to be using them in the expensive countries. We, we did a lot of research into where to use them, because, as you know, our plan is to go to Portugal and then to Germany. And it just wasn't worth it in, in Portugal. So we'll be paying for our tickets there because they work out to a lot less than the day-by-day -day price. Uh, in Germany, train travel is expensive. If you book well in advance, it can be cheaper than the per-day price for a URL pass. But that means you don't have any flexibility. You've got to buy the ticket for the day and the time that you want to travel. So yeah, so we're going for, for minimum extra bookings and reservations and maximum flexibility on this trip so we can really make the most of the, uh, the advice that you guys give us and go and do fun stuff. Uh, we do have a, a few free days on, uh, on the URL passes as to what we've planned, so that gives us a, a little bit of flexibility to run away for a day trip somewhere or just change things up. 
Well, after Berlin, we're heading to Prague, which is another one of our favorite cities. We've only been there once, and that was for Christmas with two of our best friends, and it was magic. It snowed, we built a snowman, we had champagne. It was great. Yeah, uh, it really was, wasn't it? Uh, my biggest memory from Prague, apart from champagne and snowball fights and all that kind of fun stuff, is uh, going to the Kafka Museum, mm, which really cool. is still one of the favorite kind of niche specialist museums I've been to, and certainly my favorite to do with a writer or any kind of literary stuff. So I'm thinking I might want to revisit that and see if it lives up to the the amazing memory I've got of it. I remember eating in a golem restaurant with a big golem kind of looming over us. Oh, that was an amazing meal. Yeah, that was our Christmas meal. It was really nice. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours, Moroni's also recommended a wine and medieval festival, which is going to be happening while we are there. It's not actually in Prague. It's about a 30-minute train trip away. But apparently the, the train trip only costs about €2 Euros to get there, so should be good. That will be, uh, yeah, one heck of a day trip. Well, Rachel Gardner says that things have a way of moving around in Prague, and uh, she was constantly searching for the cafes and venues that had just moved to another part of the city. <laughs> <laughs> so we should be aware of that. But uh, she said she'd like to visit the Jewish Quarter next time she goes. That's something I really want to do too, because we didn't have time last time. Yeah, that'd be good. I remember kind of racing around and having a quick look, but not really spending any time there at all, so it'd definitely be worthwhile. Um, Heels and Wheels <laughs> recommends that we don't drink absinthe and then go to a pu puppet show in an attic. I'm going to not take her advice. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing that you get yourself into <laughs> with a bunch of uh, bunch of people you've just met while traveling. So we will see what happens with the, the absinthe and puppet show advice slash warning. We're quite lucky, though. We should be able to hang out with people we already know because we've got a couple of friends in Prague, so that mm. should be quite good. I should say that if you're uh, passing through any of these cities over September, October, uh, November, while we're on this trip... Uh, let us know by leaving a comment here on the Indie Rail page and we will hopefully be able to meet up for a drink. We've got our rough dates on the page so you'll be able to see if we're passing through when you're in town. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Alright, after Prague is another one of our favourite cities. We seem to have a lot of favourite cities. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. We are going back to Vienna where we've spent uh, quite a bit of time. We spent almost six months in Austria over about a 14-15 month period uh, back when we were working with an English teaching company back in 2007 uh, beginning of 2008 and uh, we must have spent we, at least six uh, weeks in Vienna eh? yeah I'd say so so it's there's areas of it that we know really well but because we're often passing through to go to another part of Austria and just spending a day there or um, because we were working and therefore tired and needing to do lesson planning and things like that there's really a lot of it that we haven't seen yeah well hopefully we're going to meet up with Sabina who's our Austrian friend and uh, she can smash us at some board games <laughs> not very Viennese but that's okay we can have a, a coffee or something or you know a nice cake while, while she does it yeah and I'll be doing my best to eat as much uh, Wiener schnitzel and chips and all that delicious food uh, as much as I can. I'm not a big fan of Viennese, Viennese coffee or oh, no, um, it's actually like really the bad. Uh, so I'll be on the lookout for uh, Italian espresso, although I guess we should just for posterity's sake. 
go into a, one of these old uh, kind of fantastic Viennese cafes. The buildings are amazing. It's just the, the coffee and the, the really sweet uh, sakato that I don't like that much. It's quite funny. We were in Vienna. We often ate Italian food at, uh, mm. what's it called, Vepiano. Yeah. Vepiano. And we also often ate Japanese food down at the Nashmarkt. So we'll have to do both of those things because, you know, it's our tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and from there we'll be heading south again and down into Croatia. Now, I've got no idea what we should do in Croatia. We spent two days in Croatia, eh? We just, yeah. That's right. We arrived on the train, and while we were on the train, this family joined us in the compartment. <laughs> and I say family because it was the weirdest experience ever. The, the man was completely drunk. The woman was really nice. The two, they were, they were kind of grown-up kids. We later realized that they were in the wrong compartment altogether. They, they had bookings for another compartment, two compartments down. But they decided to join us in our one. <laughs> Insisting and that they had a reservation, but very magnanimously allowing us to stay in the, the compartment with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it really packed out the compartment. And then they proceeded to give us homemade uh, plum brandy, which was strong. And uh, so we had a sip, and then I put it down beside me. And then the man took it out of my bag and drank it again. <laughs> His wife tutted took it out of my bag again, put it in her bag, gave me another bottle, put it in my bag, picked up my bag, put it on the other side of me far away from her husband and then patted it. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Amazing stuff to drink and uh, experience that was a lot of fun but was quite frustrating at that time <laughs> as we tried to kind of have some personal space. It was hilarious. <laughs> the guy would come out of his uh, drunken stupor about every 10 minutes and and complain that we were English should be quite aggressive <laughs> about it until us and his wife and his kids uh, tried to convince him once again that although we were speaking English, <laughs> we, uh, we were actually from New Zealand, oh, that was at which thing. point he no. became very, very happy. Yeah. We had no, no language connection there. They didn't speak English, and we definitely didn't speak Croatian, so it was quite amusing. It was hilarious. So that's our memories of Croatia, which mm -hmm. are rather idiosyncratic. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to, to make some new ones and see a little bit of the country. So well, because we just, we've got... We just spent two nights in, in Zagreb, and it was over um, All Saints, All Souls days. Mm. We went to the, um, the cemeteries and saw candles. It was amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. But uh, yeah, it's, it's time to go and see a little bit more. So we've got enough time to go to two or three cities and uh, we haven't decided which ones. So come and recommend some cities and some places to go. Same goes for Slovenia. We spent uh, a couple of days in Ljubljana and we haven't seen anything else of the rest of the country. And uh, the time we did spend in Ljubljana was just after the first of the Christchurch earthquakes. That's right. And so I was uh, just emotionally strung out, uh, wondering if my parents had survived uh, these earthquakes for the first few hours, because we had no communication into New Zealand, because all the mm -hmm. lines were jammed or broken. And uh, yeah, just that colored my my time there and meant I was kind of wrung out and tired for the next few days. Yeah, that's right. We were actually traveling from Vienna to Ljubljana and we were waiting at a train station. Actually, we just got off one train and we were crossing the tracks to wait for the next train, our last train to get to Ljubljana, and my phone rang. No one had my phone number. Two people, literally, and it was one of them. It was Moroni calling from Chile to tell us about the earthquakes that had happened in, in Christchurch, which was very sweet of him. But uh, we then couldn't get in touch with Craig's parents, it was really difficult, and Luckily, they were fine, and that was the first earthquake when no one, no one was killed. 
but it was very stressful. And in fact, when we arrived at our couch surfing place, on the TV was the, the Christchurch earthquake. It was a really big deal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, looking forward to revisiting and also seeing more than just the capital. Uh, Happy Hippies already recommended Lake Bled, uh, which I've heard is a really beautiful place mm -hmm. and seen some great photos of. Um, but I'd like to know if it's more than just a pretty place. I'd like yeah. to know if there's some stuff to do there as well as beautiful countryside to see. And uh, also get some more recommendations. Um, I think, off the top of my head, we've got about two to three weeks for Croatia and Slovenia. So it's pretty open and we've got time to, to jump around and we've got some days on the pass that we can use to, to go and explore. So come and tell us what to, what to see. Well, next up we're heading to Italy and first stop is Venice, which is an amazing city. We have had bad experiences there, mostly because we've always been there on a budget and Venice is not, not, not a cheap city to stay in. Uh, we're going to be doing a Venice day tour to hopefully get us to understand a bit more of the city. Uh, but what else should we do? Yeah, that is a good question. And I'm also after advice on how we can uh, save some money there as well. Andy Bent's been really helpful with several comments. Um, uh, giving us advice on where to stay, um, where to catch the ferries, um, how to eat, um, all sorts of stuff, which has been really handy. Um, Rabina uh, Weemaya used to work there, so she's given some good local advice um, on which islands to visit and what things to go and see and how to get there. And uh, Heels and Wheels commented again recommending the Peggy Guggenheim Museum and uh, with an interesting story from the founder and also great art. So, yeah, anything else for Venice, get it in there, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Well, our next place to stop is, is Florence, but we're hoping to visit San Marino on the way. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily the easiest place to get to because we need to catch a train down to Rimini and then a bus into, the, into San Marino. And um, I was just talking to someone, oh, to Andreas, my language partner, who said he'd just been there, like, last week. And he said it was full of tourists and mostly Russians, because apparently there are two or three flights a day direct from, from Romini to Moscow. A day! Two or three direct flights a day! That's crazy! Yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought they had said a week, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 you said a day? That's mad! So yeah, well, lots guess, of Russians. I, I guess there's all of lots the... to, to see around that, that area of mm. kind of... Romini's kind of a little bit to the east of of northern yeah. Italy, but um, it's pretty central. It'll be good. Uh, San Marino is our first new country of 2012 and one of the three remaining Western European continental countries that we haven't been to. Yeah, I think we're just missing Iceland and then we, we can just say Western Europe. <laughs> we need to <laughs> and, get there. And then there's the edge cases like the Isle of Man and Guernsey, which are, uh, do you count them as countries or are they no. just territories, territories. or... Uh, <laughs> goodness. Well, anyway, San Marino, Andorra, and Monaco are the three Western European uh, countries on the continent that we haven't been to, and on this trip we'll be able to cover all of them, which is pretty cool. Um, but we don't want it to just be box ticking, so come and give us your advice on those three countries um, before we get to them, I guess. Next up, we're heading to Florence now. <laughs> Florence is another one of those places that we've been to, honest. Yeah, we have. We were there. We were there, honest. We were there for about 12 hours as well. We arrived in the morning. We're coming from Assisi and we're heading to Vienna. And uh, we had an overnight train from Florence to Vienna. 
So we thought we'd catch the, the train in the morning from Assisi to Florence and have the whole day there before catching the midnight train. That sounds quite cool. I call it the midnight train. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was the, the 2007 Rugby World Cup. And as Kiwis, we kind of had to make sure to keep in touch with our own culture. <laughs> Especially because it was New Zealand versus Italy. It's so cultural, It's right? cultural, it's cultural. So, so we, we what Linda's out. trying to say is we spent our entire time in Florence in the pub watching rugby with a couple of Germans. That's what she's trying to say. That is we what did, I'm trying to say. We did walk around long enough to find out that there was a river <laughs> and a bridge that was famous, and we took some photos of that, and then we went back to the pub. So that was our entire time in Florence. We did plan to only watch one <laughs> game of of, of rugby, but then these two Germans who are living in Switzerland were sitting in front of us, and one of them was wearing an all-black shirt, so we got talking, and it turned out that he lived in New Zealand for a year, and they said, well, why don't we watch the next game, which was Australia versus someone, so we watched that, yeah. and then we found some dinner, and then we watched the USA versus Japan, or something like that, and then it was time for us to catch our train. <laughs> yeah, and we almost missed the train, we had to run to the station. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so we were running. We ran, but, oh, um, but then it was delayed, or something like that, yeah. so. Uh, and yeah, well, we ended up going to stay with one of them in Zurich to watch the New Zealand versus France game, where we were the only people wearing all black shirts in a pub full of French, and then the French team won in the last. The all blacks played really bad. <laughs> and and it was yeah, very embarrassing. the all blacks got knocked out in the quarterfinals. They're like, I think we should leave now. Yep, let's go. So we had to run away. But anyway, come and tell us what to see in Florence when we're not holed up in an Irish pub with uh, with Germans. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Gary uh, Rostron and Rachel Gardner have already given some comments on uh, things to see, the best gelato to get. Yum, that sounds good. And um, Gary's got some great ideas for a place to see, which is just outside of the city centre with uh, regular buses running with an amazing sounding church and good views over the city so sounds good it does indeed now we'll be heading down to pisa next um it'll just be a day trip from florence yeah because well we've never been to pisa and it's one of those places you have to go to yeah and uh so we're gonna have to take the photo even though oh. linda's keeps complaining and pulling funny faces i don't want to <laughs> I, I don't see why you've got so much aggression it just seems so tacky. <laughs> I think it has to be done. Um, but apart from that, we would actually like to, to see a little bit more of Pisa. So tell us what to do in a day. Uh, Griffin has already recommended uh, stopping in Cinque Terre, if we can, uh, between Monaco and Pisa. And so that's a... Might a, have to rethink our plans. That's a maybe. Bit. Yeah, we might have to add that in there because we didn't even think about going to Cinque Terre. And uh, it could be really fun. So I guess you can go and vote in there if you want to see us go there. <laughs> or uh, just give us some more uh, some more pizza advice. We also want to visit Monaco, which is another one of those tiny places we haven't visited. And we're planning to spend one or two nights there. Um, mm, we've heard it's very, very, very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, can you do Monaco on a backpacker budget? Because by this time we'll be about uh, one and a half to two months through the trip. And uh, whatever excess money we've we've got hanging around will probably have dwindled already by this point. Uh, Heels and Wheels said that she stayed in he or she I don't know Heels and Wheels are both uh, <laughs> both neutered uh, nouns in English. So well, uh, I imagine Heels is probably female. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. 
um, said that I'll say she um, stayed in Cannes and went to Monaco for the day and lasted five minutes in the casino, um, but at least can say that she gambled in Monte Carlo. So the idea of uh, of going gambling in Monte Carlo has has now come up and. I don't think we'll even last the five minutes that she did. I, I can't imagine what, how long I can stay there with one euro. <laughs> we need to find some penny slots. <laughs> <laughs> that might do the trick. That might do the trick. But yeah, come by and uh, give us your Monaco advice and also your Andorra advice. These are two little micronations that we don't know much about and we're looking forward to, uh, to exploring. Well, after Andorra, we're going to Barcelona which was another place we have been. And actually, we were a bit disappointed in Barcelona last time we were there. I think it's one of those places like Paris that you have all these expectations of, and then you get there and it doesn't quite meet them. Or maybe it was just the, the atmosphere, I don't know. But we're going to give it another go because I don't want to, to judge it on first appearances. Yeah, and we've already been given some good advice. Uh, Peter recommends going to a certain market, uh, the Mercat de San Josef, and uh, I had a look on Google Images, and it looks really cool. It's a really beautiful looking market with uh, lots of fresh produce, and yeah, I There's think we we'll have to go to check it Barcelona. out. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we won't be short of things to do there. No, no, we won't. Uh, we're also gonna jump on another urban adventures tour while we're there and uh, have a have a look around the place. We're also planning to go to Zaragoza. I'm not sure how long we'll be there. Maybe just a day or so maybe a bit longer, but it, it really depends on what we can find to do. And then we'll be heading to Córdoba, which uh, sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, you know, we've spent a, a lot of time in Spain, and uh, Linda's got this visa, which will last until uh, the beginning of next year, around March. March. And so we want to make sure we actually see quite a lot of it. So this is a whole area of Spain which we haven't spent much time in, and we're going to a lot of cities that we've never been to. Um, apart from Barcelona, we haven't been to any of these places, so really after your recommendations for Zaragoza, Cordoba, Granada, and Cadiz. Now, Cadiz is uh, twinned with A Coruña, you know, through the, the Twin City program. Yeah, apparently and, it's really, uh, really similar. So having, good. having looked at some photos, I'm like, are you sure that's not a photo of here? Yeah, um, the photo that you've put in there looks a lot like here. I know. <laughs> Just uh, so much of, uh, of what Cadiz looks like when browsing through images looks like Acarunia. So awesome. We'll but wait it will and be see. hopefully a bit warmer. Yeah, that's, that's our goal for, uh, for winter. We're going to be escaping there, and if that's too cold, we might still jump on a plane and head down to the Canary Islands. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely somewhere I want to go before we leave Spain. Um, but yeah, so that'll be us with the uh, that'll be the end of the the two month period with the URL pass that we're getting from acprail.com, and uh, yeah, we'll just be kind of closing up. So there's one almost perfect Western Europe itinerary. Uh, we're missing France. We're not getting up into the Nordic countries or anything like that. But we're seeing quite a lot. Yeah, quite yeah. a lot, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, I also want to mention another company called Drome, uh, who are going to be looking after us. These are the guys that are going to be helping us to actually stay in touch with you, because you know, crossing country borders all the time makes internet really expensive. 
there's quite a lot of Wi-Fi, especially at the places that you stay. Um, but mobile data gets really pricey really quickly. And buying a new SIM card when you're only going to be in a place for three or four days, well, it might make sense if you're just doing a one-off trip. But if you're actually changing countries once a week... Uh, not so great. Not so great. That adds up quickly. Uh, so Drome are giving us a mobile internet device which uh, goes and connects to the local cell phone network and then throws a Wi-Fi signal. So we'll be able to use this one device to use both of our laptops and our phone and Linda's iPod and everything like that uh, just all as we travel. Yeah, so we'll be able be to keep up the Facebook page, uh, keep commenting on the uh, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail page and uh, Twitter, Instagram, Vimeo, all that kind of all stuff. Twitter. And of course we'd like to thank Urban Adventures and ACPRail.com for sponsoring us as well because they're awesome. Indeed. Well, that is uh, a rather long podcast to talk about stuff that we've got coming up, but I hope it's given you some ideas uh, for itineraries. Of course, we'll be feeding back on on what works, what's fun, and what doesn't work as we go. Uh, But if you want to leave a comment and help us plan this itinerary, if you've got the killer piece of advice for one of those cities, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash IndieRail. If you want to meet other travellers or if you have questions about what we've talked about today or anything to do with travel, make sure to come by indietravelpodcast.com slash forums, get your free community account and join in the conversation. Yeah, the community will be getting an upgrade this week, uh, so things should be faster and friendlier. Uh, Drop us an email to help us improve things. Um, The upgrade that I'm going to be doing is based on a a whole lot of feedback from people. Uh, So you can either message me directly through uh, through the community mail system or indietravelpodcast.com slash contact. And also please support our Indie Rail sponsors. There's ACP Rail. They have rail passes and e-tickets available worldwide. Urbanadventures.com have excellent day tours. We've done some before and they're always really good. And drone.nl who are cutting down on your international data roaming costs. Tell them we sent you or visit indietravelpodcast.com slash indierail first and then click through to check out their sites. And as you know, we've got a library of books to share at books.indietravelpodcast.com and you can also help us out by inviting your friends to our Facebook page or uh, leaving a five-star review for us in iTunes. Just search for Indie Travel to find us there. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.